The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. You're listening to the Roaring Peacock main cast. My name is Adonis. You know me from the Adelites. With me is Ross from the Man on the Post pod. Good evening. And small face merchant, Alex. Good afternoon. I'm starting off with the news this week. On Saturday, Liverpool played Leeds in our first game back in the Premier League for 16 years. It was, of course, 4-3. On Monday, Rodrigo de Paul replied to the square ball with a fingers crossed and then immediately deactivated his account. <laughs> Wednesday, Leeds... Leeds made uh, Kiko Casilla captain of the first team squad as they drew one all with Hull in the Carabao Cup, which Hull won on penalties. And on the same night, Samu Saiz, the ghost of Christmas past, scored against Barcelona. How was your week, lads? <laughs> Been busy from a Leeds point. And we also signed a player during this week as well. Yeah, Jimmy Somerville from Young uh, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Somerville. Yeah, and we released a documentary as well. We have. Oh, yeah. It's been a busy week. It's only Thursday. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, you know what we need with with all this news? We need more podcasts to deliver it, to deliver it. Well, I think we're at 24 now, I think somebody said. So I think if we have a podcast just to cover what podcasts miss out. So yeah, we could probably get away with that. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's brilliant. <laughs> and I saw a, a, the idea of a podcast about the Leeds podcasts. It's just a different levels of meta, isn't it? I kind of like the the idea of a, a massive um, amalgamation of all of all of the names, and we just all get together and just talk rubbish at each other for half an hour. That'd work. One huge podcast. Yeah, <laughs> eighteen faces on the screen or whatever, and just everyone just yelling over the top of each other. <laughs> it'd work. It'd be fine. There's, there's definitely definitely worse podcasts on the internet. There's worse podcasts right here, and you're involved in it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, terrible. Uh, where are we going to start? So what did you make of that week, lads? To be honest, it's been a lot of listening to other clubs tell us that we're either really good to watch or we're going to go down because mm-hmm. the crying laughing emoji has been used quite a lot by Man United fans at us losing um, to Liverpool and then losing to Hull with a, a massively changed side. Oh, are you going to go straight down, lads? Um, okay, great. Yeah. Come to us on Saturday. Just tell us what happens at Fulham. Um, but I'm, I'm quite happy with us going out of that competition because I think hashtag concentrating on the league. I think that's back from the league one days. Um, I'd rather see us um, stay up in the league comfortably than have some sort of cup competition and go down. So I'm, I'm sort of okay with that. It's never good to lose, but you know I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, and documentary-wise, I've not watched it yet. I've only watched the first 45 minutes of the first episode. Um which is really good. It's good to watch, but I don't think it's going to have the same appeal to a third party than the first one did because the storytelling isn't there as much. It just yeah. seems like it's a, a, a chop up of footage. And it's like a season it's, recap video, isn't it? it used to yeah, point. yeah. Just, just with a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little bit more introspect and a bit more access to the players. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've not watched the doc yet. I've not had time. I've been at work since it's been out, but yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that tonight. And, 
Yeah, same opinions really, Alex. That, I could not care less about that cup. I saw someone tweet this morning that we can now play a maximum of 44 games this season, whereas last season we played more than that in just the league. Like, so yeah. th- that already is a plus for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it only really matters if you if you win it, I think, yeah. or if you get to the final. And yeah, I mean, 96 is burned into my brain and surely every everyone's brain who experienced that. And yeah, um, just remember the second leg at Birmingham, um, second leg at Ellen Road playing Birmingham and, and we knew we were going to go to Wembley and singing, you know, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, we'll, we're going to Wembley. And that feeling of going to a, a <laughs> cup, yeah. That obviously at the time yeah. we didn't know that we were gonna we were gonna lose three <laughs> 0 <laughs> We just knew that we were going to Wembley, and that was that was such a great feeling. And I think Yeboah scored like an overhead kick, and yeah, it was just it was a terrible, terrible season in the league, and that cup run really saved it. Yeah, good kits that but, season yeah. though. It was really good kits, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic kids. Little turtleneck. That's it. Um, Keep your neck warm. I remember that because we were watching it. We had a house party. We had people around and a barbecue and everything to watch the game. And I've never seen like a, a party go downhill so fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right, you're all going to go home now. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I was 13, I think. And I'd got up early in the morning because I couldn't sleep and I'd turned on FIFA 96 and I'd set a 90 minute game to play computer against computer to simulate what I was going to see later on in that day. And we lost 25, um, six. So <laughs> that's not a good omen, um, but we'll still win. <laughs> and then, yeah, whatever happened, happened. So <laughs> strange day. But I remember going out in the street, like at half time and the streets were deathly quiet. It's I think that's back then when everybody, if you lived in a Leeds postcode, you supported Leeds and nothing else on pain of death. There was nobody on the streets. There were no cars, nothing. Everybody were watching that final. It's just a shame about the result. I remember watching it with my dad in our, in our dining room, my little like 17-inch TV and just being thoroughly depressed. I was 12, year old, 12 years old and this was like the first time football had really depressed me. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just looked all over the place. Carlton Palmer, Mark Ford and Central Midfield. I'm looking at the team lineup now. Jesus. Carlton Palmer was always all over the place. I will I'll always <laughs> yeah. I'll argue to my dying day that he was never a player. He was never a player. <laughs> the, the, for, the, the, the team and the formation are just hideous. Like Luke Kitchen goal, Radaby, Weatherall, Pemberton, centre-backs. Gary Kelly and Speed as left, left and right wing-backs. Central midfield of Carlton Palmer, Mark Ford and Gary Mack. And then Tony Bow and Andy Gray up top. Yeah, there's goals in that in there. There's goals in that fast, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bad memories. The thing Thanks. about Palmer is, I always seem to remember he used to run sideways along the pitch. Yeah. That's, I've never <laughs> seen someone run sideways so much in my life. And he, he didn't like that turtleneck either, did he? Because he had to always cut off a section because his neck was too yeah, big, probably. Square, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we're out of the, co- the Coca-Cola Cup this season. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the Coca-Cola Cup. Now. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's called B-Tech Red Bull. That's what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone really care though? Like I saw that team line up and I thought I'm not paying ten pounds to watch this. And it was streamed live on the Leeds YouTube channel as well. Um Was it? So, <laughs> oh, yeah, so no. people have paid a fuming today. 
Oh no! Yeah, I, they, I was they out, so I'd, yeah. I, I wasn't going to watch it anyway. I'm such a plastic. They dropped a brick there. <laughs> All about the Premier League now, Alex. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so yeah, I didn't watch it. I only caught the penalties. Like really plastic. So, oh, we might win now. I might watch. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I watched that and got it spoiled for me anyway because my stream was behind and it came through on WhatsApp. Well, I'm glad no. that's over. <laughs> cheers, cheers, DK. You won't listen anymore because you don't like this. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I was following along basically Phil Hay and Graham Smith's Twitter and it's just like, yeah, I, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not sad that I'm missing what's going on in this game. Seems like I'm the only one who actually watched it then. So, no, mate. so it's a great podcast. This, not isn't that it? My... We're so learned and, you know... <laughs> and experience than what we're talking not about. Not that my opinion actually mattered. How was it? Anyway, it sounded whether great. I watched it or not. Go on, educate us then. What was it like? Well, I've, I've hesitantly titled this little match report, the good, the bad, and the understandable. So uh, go through the good first. Shackleton looked very strong, quick, and confident. Um, there was a moment where he was running back to cover and, um, you could like it was a long ball over the top from Hull, and it was basically Shackleton and um, God, what's his name? Used to play for us, Wilkes, Mallet Wilkes, yeah. and um, Kika. He could see Shackleton could see Kika like the fire in his <laughs> eyes, like I'm coming for this, and and Shackleton's like puts up his hand, no, you're not, no, <laughs> stay back, before. I've got this. <laughs> So I thought that was brilliant from the young lad. Um, Burgess, he looked really good at times, battling for the ball. Um, Rodrigo looked so quick. Um, Roberts, there was one, one play where Roberts dropped to right back to collect the ball, and he ended up like on the diagonal opposite end on the attacking corner, um, winning, winning a corner. So he, he started off that play, and I just thought that was a really nice movement. Um, and Alioski was was working like very hard, like he always is, and tried to make things happen. Um, he just, yeah, he blazed one into the Beeston sky, over the probably over the Norman Hunter stand, and and off and away. There you go, someone can have a free ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he did score in the end. So, and then the bad, uh, we looked off the pace. We looked a little bit unmotivated, but I mean, <laughs> we weren't playing Liverpool. Um, you know, and there was no flow, and uh, there was there seemed like zero ideas, like no space down the left hand side. Basically, there was Davis, um, Douglas, and Alioski on that left hand side, oh God. and there wasn't a lot of movement off the ball, so they were just kind of, yeah, they were all cramped on that left hand side, and there was nowhere to to move for them. So everything we created came down the right with um, with Perveda. Uh, Paveda, Roberts, and Rodrigo—they were just—they were trying a lot of tricks and flicks and back heels, and it just—you could tell they were trying to engineer some flow, but it wasn't really working that well. And yeah, we just would have liked to have seen them just maybe just try and do the basics a bit more. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people say that Roberts was just trying back heels all night, and it just it just wasn't working. Yes, uh, someone even put a meme oh, right. about it. Ship him off to Derby, yeah. get some money in. Useless. <laughs> I think does that make um, does that help the club make some decisions now? Then who's you know in that lineup who's actually staying? Because I think uh, there's been offers for Douglas, hasn't there? I think Celtic were in for Douglas, so that yeah. might have might inform that. And does it help us pull the trigger on Paul 
because it shows that our, our depth isn't as deep as we thought and we will need to draw on that during the season. Although we've got less games now, we're still, we're still going to need them guys. Um, do we need a little bit more quality in reserve? Yeah, I think we do. Some of the guys, yeah, this, this is their chance to really shine. And I mean, League One Hull, they're terrible. Even with this team, we probably should have beaten them. But it, it's just the, the lineup and the fact that what, Phillips is on the bench, Meliev's on the bench, Harrison, Bamford, didn't bring any of those on. Like, Bielsa's taking the blame for this loss, but he didn't. I don't think he really cared, did he? I think this was more viewed as a, a pre-season friendly almost. Yeah, I mean, in the in the post-match, I saw the, the post-match press conference and he was saying it was sad that he's, he's out of the competition and stuff like that. But like you say, the, the substitution that he's chosen aren't the ones that he's desperate to win. Yeah, It's not like we're going all out attack or anything like that. So. Robbie Gott's actually got on the field. That's how much he doesn't care yeah. about winning. <laughs> I was only talking about Robbie Gott's actually earlier when I was watching the documentary. It's like when he scored that goal against... Um, Oh, I'm going to show my knowledge now. One of the Australian teams out in Australia. Yeah. Um, he's got an absolute screamer. And I, I thought at that point, we were going to see a lot more of him that season and we didn't see anything. So there's there's something that's happened in his development that mm. we need to look at. But he's, he's a good player, but yeah, um, he didn't do much. So. And yeah, my third little part of it, um, part three was understandable. And I have played a lot of reserve team football in my life. Um, because I've never quite been good for any anybody's first team. <laughs> oh, well, you see myself. Yeah. As, as you can tell from uh, being on this podcast, <laughs> we're definitely the reserve team podcast of the Leeds United podcast community. I wouldn't even make the reserves. I don't think I'd make the trials to make the oranges at half time, <laughs> so never mind that. <laughs> Have you seen this? This guy is trying to clean the boots. This guy's terrible. <laughs> He's going wrong him. again. He's got Where boot polish on white boots. <laughs> How do you get cleaning boots wrong? Sorry, mister. I've got it wrong again. I just want to be a part of it. and I've got it wrong. <laughs> Basically, when you're playing in a, in a reserve, reserve team, it's very, very difficult to get... You know, in FIFA they call it chemistry or whatever, so you've got zero chemistry. But it really is like that. There's no, there's not a lot of flow to the game. Yeah. And when you're sort of not thinking about something, you just you, you're so used to doing it. Um, then, then you get this into this kind of the zone they call it, and you get into this flow. And teams do that as well. So when they've played so much together, you you, you know without thinking or without looking where where the other player is going to be, what the other player is going to do. Yeah. So there's there's really very little chemistry in that, and that's a huge part of team sports. It doesn't really matter, I don't think, how good those individuals are. So when you when you looked at Rodrigo's performance, for example, you could see that there's an absolutely fantastic player in there, yeah. but because the 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 flow wasn't there, so the it was the play was always stop start and and a lot of misplaced passes because and um, a lot of passes where you expect someone to run and they don't or they they come back for the ball. So it's just little things like that that I think are understandable and forgivable. I think another point that's understandable is Wilkes, Coyle and Batty. They came to prove a point. Yeah, Wilkes especially, by the sounds of it. And, and Coyle, I thought he he played absolutely brilliantly. He, yeah. I he, rated he, him as a player at Leeds. He was well. a big part of mm. us not getting any penetration down the left hand side. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. No, I was just saying that I rated him as a player at Leeds. So it was a, I thought it was a shame that he didn't come through and play for us a little bit more. But did he, did he even get an appearance? He, he lived at Fleetwood, didn't he, essentially? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah. It was him and Tyler Denton, wasn't it? They were the two big yeah. fullback hopes and never really made it. But I think going back to your point there, I think you, it just shows that you can't transplant a world-class player into an average team and get a, more, a bigger than average team. Yeah. It's not going to, it needs the groundwork. Um, and I think that's what we showed against Liverpool as well, is that the two players that were the most rusty and caused mistakes were the two guys, the two new guys. So yeah, it's, it wasn't going to happen. I'm kind of glad it didn't. And we're out of it now. Agreed. And the the last understandable point is that it was it was their cup final. You know, of course it was. And it was very reminiscent to me of the FA Cup game with Scum in 2010, you know, where we 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 knocked a goal in. We were obviously so motivated and we knocked a goal in quite early doors. And then we did frustrate them a lot. And that's what Hull did a lot they 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 time wasted they made a lot of niggly challenges and fouls they got in our faces and yeah they um they gave us a lot of sort of classic northern english gritty football tactics right yeah not pretty and especially for a player like rodrigo that was you know i mean you remember when alioski came first came into the team and he was did he was trying the ailing flop all over the place yeah. and just wasn't working for him because it's the, not the, it's not refereed the same as on the continent. And I think that's that's what happened to Rodrigo a bit last night as well. He he was looking at the ref like, why aren't you giving me fouls for this? Yeah. And the ref was looking at him like, you're in England now, mate. You know, <laughs> get, on, get, up, get on with it. He's somewhat <laughs> broken. Get up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. So it is their cup final. I mean, unless they're really looking forward to that Donny uh, League game they've got. I mean, yeah, this is the biggest game they're going to play this season. And fair play to them, they won. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, banter going on. The Leeds asterisk asterisk LDS thing, which they don't want to mention Leeds. So, God. yeah, they enjoyed it. Let them enjoy it. You know, they're from Hull. They haven't really got a chance to <laughs> to look forward to. They're not the what was it city of culture i don't think they're that not anymore got no. stripped off them uh they've got two rugby teams who were in dire straits the sea the whole bridge. city tigers for fuck's sake yeah Th- there was one bit oh, in oh, one of the oh. pens where where the keeper was doing the mauled by the tigers thing. jesus christ yeah i noticed that <laughs> it didn't go unnoticed but um <laughs> but yeah there's I, i'm really not bothered i mean it shows if if that was a league game i wouldn't have gone and played five aside yeah. That's that just shows how, how bothered I was by it. And if that makes me a plastic fan, cool. Do you think we can start so something like pecked by the peacocks? I think somebody tried that, <laughs> didn't they? Didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got the actions on. Yeah. So that's just you on your own doing that now because nobody else is gonna do that. <laughs> you seen that seen that pecked by the peacocks book? He's doing it again. <laughs> he needs help that one. I'm not saying that everybody. Oh I don't know if you guys have noticed the same, but there's always characters in stand. Like that wouldn't go unnoticed in N11 where I sit. There's a guy that shouts "Get it forward!" every five seconds. <laughs> there's a guy that tries to get the clapping rhythm done and nobody joins in. The guy that calls somebody a penis every five seconds. No other insult <laughs> exists for that guy. There's a guy that sits in front of us who just wears flip flops no matter what the weather. It's it's brilliant. So I think you'd fit in, <laughs> just just come and do your peacock thing. <laughs> 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 
it don't really work well on an audio medium. So if you're no. watching us as a podcast, try and find the YouTube clip for that and uh, yeah, get on YouTube, and we'll just use that forever. <laughs> yeah, I do forget that. Um, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> but you know, um, that's see the thing is that's probably how the mold by the tigers thing started. There yeah. was just one guy doing mold by the tigers, and other people were just like looking at him like, "What the fuck is that guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing?" <laughs> Just just one guy gets attacked by a wasp during a game. He's like, that looks amazing. Let's do that. Yeah. And sing Mauled by the Tigers to it. And that's how it starts. Uh, the beginning of a legend. <laughs> there was a guy who sat, who used to sit like four or five rows in front of us. And um, and he used to yell at the players who came over to take a throw in. I don't remember, like he just came up with so many of them that they kind of wash through you eventually. You can't really like remember specific ones. But I do remember the funniest one um, was when Tony Adams came over to take a, a throw in. And he said, he just stood up and it was quite quiet. And he goes, Adams, you're a gargoyle. <laughs> it was so fucking funny, man. Well thought, well thought. A gargoyle. Nice. My stepdad did creative? something similar when we first started going to games, so we were only young. <laughs> and um, there were a really bad refereeing decision, and he stood up, and I think he was going to launch a volley of abuse, but then realized he had young kids with him, quite impressionable <laughs> kids. And he went, you f- fat dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> and everybody just laughed at him because they knew what he was trying to say, but he just couldn't say it. And that's that was the family stand for you in 1993. So nice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was that was in the family stand. I went used to go with my mum back in the day. It was our thing to do. Yeah, if you younger listeners, if you don't know who um if you don't know who Adams is, just Google image Google search Tony Adams. And you'll see why. And then and look, he does some punditry. Look for the but, gif yeah. of him doing that training session when he, he was a manager of a club. I can't remember what it was. And it's he's just, oh, him. that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It makes no sense. And you can see the players look at him like, <laughs> is this guy all right? <laughs> he looks like that Peacock's guy from Alan Rudd. One more time. <laughs> okay. Definitely not doing that again. <laughs> okay, so just finishing off on that whole match review, I've got a tweet from Johnny Cooper who works at the Opta Stats, I think it's called. And tonight was the only the second match in the club's history. So that's 4,579 games to feature nine players aged 21 or younger. So it was Casey Creswell... Davis, Roberts, Perveda, Bogus, Shackleton, Strauch, and Gotts. And if you didn't attend all 4,500, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, where were you when we had our 4,579 game? <laughs> where were you when you were an embryo? No, oh, it's, it's a decent start, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. It's good to know that we, we've got the young ones in there. But I think, we'd, have we got any other choice? Have we got any... Have we got a second senior string that we could use? Because Bielsa likes a, a small squad, don't he? So I think that's what we're going to do. This worries me for when Bielsa leaves. We're just going to get an influx of just bang average second string f- first team players, aren't we? Yeah. No, well, we get that. Carlos Carbran back and True. 
he basically is then the proto Bielsa because he's yeah. already got town doing uh, murder ball, hasn't he? So <laughs> murder ball TM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Carlos Corberan's grueling <laughs> murder ball <laughs> trademark. That's it. That was um, Jamie Shack's fiftieth appearance release last night. Is it really? Yeah, already. Yeah. Before, before he's even turned 21, apparently he joins other players such as James Milner, David Batty, Norman Hunter, Billy Bremner and John Giles. John Giles, not bad. I remember seeing him at York, the first season that we had Bielsa and he was playing at York in the pre-season friendly. And uh, he looked really impressive. I I, I wanted to see uh, Idaguchi because I thought he was going to be fantastic. Yeah. And he wasn't. I think he was playing in, in centre-back or something like that in that game. But yeah, Shackleton properly impressed. And the guy behind me goes... He looks like he was a right dickhead at school. <laughs> Good assessment. Good assessment. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. I think it was Bolton that we played in the, the Carabao Cup and we won 2-1. Was it Preston? One of those teams. One of those one of really forgettable Lancashire teams. <laughs> and um, so one of them useless, <laughs> annoying, irrelevant clubs. And um, saw Shackleton play there and we were just like, how small is that kid? Yeah. Like my my fiance is is quite small, and we were like, I think he's shorter than you. He's so short, I couldn't believe it. Still wins headers though, to be fair. Okay, so I thought we'd talk about the documentary now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gathering that again, once again. You've both let the team down, and I'm the only one who's actually watched it. It came out today. Is that right, day job? gentlemen? Yeah, I've been on since six o'clock this morning. What have I said today? <laughs> <laughs> My mum came round like yeah. when I had a break between meetings um, today and met a coffee and stuff like that, and she hasn't got Amazon Prime, so she's like, "Oh well, uh, can we watch this uh, documentary then." <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so, okay. and I had about 45 <laughs> minutes before my next meeting so I like yeah I watched that and then got to the end I'm like well I've got a call to do you can stay and watch it if you want oh no 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 <laughs> so we've got to watch the rest of it so. but yeah um, it's what did it's, you make of that first episode uh, yeah the, the, there's no sort of story arc I don't think like there was in the first season where I think you could watch that as a neutral and understand it and get a, like a you know, if you if you remove the fact that it's real life, you could probably get the story arc and and watch it as a series almost. Yeah. Um, but with this one, it feels like it's it's just an addendum to the first series. It's just basically tying up the loose ends. Um, it doesn't have the same sort of story arc for me. But because I think because we all know how it ends, we all know what's going to happen. We know what's happening next, and it's it's difficult. It was difficult for me to realize that when they're talking about preseason, talking about preseason last season. Yeah, because I'm watching it thinking, no, well, no, there's, it's this season. We've already gone up, and why is Shima Roof still here? <laughs> so took a little while to adjust. But yeah, I definitely will. Uh, you know, certainly watch the rest of it, but I don't think it's going to have the same widespread pull that the first one did. No, definitely not. Yeah, I think the there was a lack of for me there was a lack of a, a coherent script yeah. that kind of took you through step by step. Um. I think that was a bit of a criticism of the first one as well. In 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 the you know, even on somewhere like something like um the Tottenham documentary or the even the Damned United, the film, they had these sequences of motion graphics where they would show you 
the league position yeah. Yeah. and it changing over time depending on the results um in 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 kind of in a kind of real time when they were showing you the footage and the games and and linking that all in with the story and i think it's no doubt that's a difficult it's a difficult thing to do it's a difficult thing to bring all those elements together and it work cohesively but um it is possible because some there are some examples of it done really well and and i don't think it it was um yeah so for me that was part of it it felt a bit rushed it did feel like a a lot of highlights all clubbered together over some sort of questionable music but for my part i wrote down here that you know kp was on soccer am the other day and he was he was saying that tyler roberts is the best dancer in the in the squad and um and he was saying that he likes to pull some shapes as well and tubbs was like oh do you like a good rave or whatever and kp was like i'm from leeds i love a rave Um, and, and me too, you know, um, but, uh, but I like my raves and my documentaries fairly separate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They don't intertwine those two things really. I think if it wasn't, if the content wasn't so strong, I I might, I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have kept watching it because it was, it was extremely distracting for me. But even with, even with the issues that, that the, the documentary had, the content was so strong and relatable, obviously, um, for all Leeds fans that that there was no getting away from some of the beautiful moments that that they captured on film. And yeah. and I think at the end of the day, you kind of have to just say, well, at least we got that. At least we got something. Yeah, and we'll have that years to come because I think you know, ten years, twenty years down the line, watching that will be a different feeling than it is now. Yeah, definitely. I would love to get my hands on that raw footage because I would love to give give a documentary a crack, like the yeah. Bielsa years kind of, and like go from before and then to that. And I think, yeah, Just one of the things that they missed out this isn't re- this isn't really a spoiler, but one of the things they missed out, I would have loved to have seen that moment when Berardi uh, Berardi was asked how he was feeling on the bus. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he and he said, "I feel fucking great," <laughs> and the whole crowd is like, "Yeah!" <laughs> but I, oh, I wanted him go. to when he said that, "I feel fucking great." He's like, "No, seriously, Barry, your legs hanging off. How are you yeah. feeling?" <laughs> but apparently, I, I saw a story. I didn't click through because it looked really clickbait, and I don't like giving clickbait stuff um, mm. a click through. But please subscribe to the podcast. Um, <laughs> there was uh, saying that he's going to be back a lot quicker than we thought. So. I'd love for him to make just an appearance in the Premier League. I think he deserves it. Yeah. From that karate kick that he did to get sent off on his debut (laughs) to playing in the Premier League. That's a right journey, is that? That's still my favourite variety moment as well. Yeah. Welcome to Leeds. This is what I can do. (laughs) Yeah. I watched that live. I sat in the um, North Lower, I think it was, and you just saw him just leave the ground. I was like, what was that? (laughs) <laughs> he's like he's gonna he's gonna go off. yeah he's gone <laughs> like nobody yep. had any complaints <laughs> <laughs> he took the ball ref took the ball no he, he <laughs> nearly took his head <laughs> there was no ball involved what's that what's that track where it's like dun 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 they used to play it to the olympics you know some yeah. runner would be like dun 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 oh chariots of fire dun. yeah is it that yeah probably it is and i would love to see um slow-mo of, of Berardi's two-footed 
karate kick to that music. The thought process. The like, thing I'm of going, beauty. Yeah, I'm going to go and jump and get this ball. And then the, the application of what was in his head <laughs> just doesn't suit the theory at all. Uh, yeah, I don't know where that rumor came uh, about Berardi. And I'm certainly not connected or well-connected and I never pretend to be. Um, but there are a lot of people who do pretend to be yeah, well-connected and start rumors. <laughs> I know that all I know is that he's heading back. Um, he, he's heading back to continue his um, recovery and he's going to sign a new contract. That's what I That's what yeah, I, that's heard. I, think I can't remember where I heard that from. But. Regardless of his recovery, I think that's the best thing that the club can do is just looking after him because yeah. he, he played without a contract towards the end. He risked his, essentially risked his playing career to serve the club. And we've yeah. got to pay him back for that, I reckon. He could have done a Lyle Taylor and quit, basically, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And it's not like he was uninvolved. He was like a bit part player. He played a lot in them, you know, the post-COVID games. He really, you know, and his performances were great. And a lot of people don't rate him. I, he's probably one of my favourite players just because of yeah. who he is. Uh, and he's a beautiful man. He is. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's, you know, he wasn't a bit part player. And in, in early, before COVID, I had a conversation with the guys that I go to the game with. And I was saying that you've got Berardi playing out of his skin to put Leeds into a position in the Premier League where he probably won't get a game. Yeah. You know, that must be in his mind that, you know, his position would be replaced and by quality. So we've got to reward that, I reckon. So, I mean, it would be really good to see him play in the Premier League and karate kick like a Man United player. <laughs> Just Pogba, Pogba getting absolutely <laughs> slayed down. Yeah, I'd pay to see that. Okay, um, so that's the whole match and the documentary covered. Now, we did have a third <laughs> topic to talk about tonight. And <laughs> see ya. <laughs> I feel like it's the elephant in the room with Leeds United. Yeah, um, or yeah, the elephant well, lockdown's been the hard. Pitch. There's no need to say that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, or the elephant on the pitch in, uh, in yeah, the, the goalkeeper kit. In Deglo, yeah. I didn't want to talk about Kiko because I don't particularly like being negative or being critical, certainly of somebody who I've never even met. Um, but I do feel like that was a huge statement from the club to to make him a cap make him captain for the night. And I think we have a kind of responsibility just to share our thoughts on it. Yeah. Well it seems like the the players are the ones that decided that Kiko should have been a captain. Now, it, it, would that that would surely wouldn't have been the first team, would it? That would have been just the players that were there last night and just your captain because you're the most experienced. Surely that has to be it. Yeah, I, I don't want to pretend that, you know, I I share the opinions that, or I can think for the players that have decided that he's the captain. But I think it's been done for the wrong reasons. Mm. Um, I think it sends the wrong statement out um, to people. I think it's... So just to to get my position straight on this, so he was found guilty on the balance of probabilities, which seems to be interpreted by people of that he probably did it, probably did, and you know that could be it. It's not that. It's this is a, a standard of proof that's used um, in employee tribunals up and down the land, and if this was any sort of other um, other industry. Um, Kiko would have lost his job if he worked in a call center, for example, and, and this this whole um, uh, investigation went, he would lose his job. Um, but he's protected because there's a lot of money in it and there's a contract in there and he is a talented football player. Um, but 
there's when it comes to this, I think because of how the both Kiko and the club acted in the aftermath of it, I don't think it's the redemption story that it needs. I think yeah. if um, there would have been an apology, and I think the arguments of that, I can see the argument already is that if he didn't think he if he didn't do it and he's adamant that he didn't do it, what would he apologize for? But there is still hurt there. Jonathan Lecco, um, I don't think looking reading through the judgment, I don't think that there's in any any way questioned that um, he's you know affected by it and what was said was said, and you know that they were credible witnesses, the two players that were involved. There's been no apology either by Kika or the club, so that puts us at a disadvantage. There's nothing that's come out of like any sort of remorse or anything like that. It's it just feels very hollow, and then to kind of sweep it under the carpet and make the guy captain just feels a bit unresolved for me. Um, so sorry, I'll, I'll stop ranting now because yeah, um, that's where I'm at. I, I think I think it's important for for anybody who because it was a long time ago now. I think it's important just to get a kind of a refresher of what kind of happened. So um, what was alleged was uh, Kiko said uh, "you f in." n-word um and i think that's just a huge statement <laughs> um and yeah. and something that absolutely cannot be tolerated and then so after after the game it was it was brought up uh with the referee i believe and the the team manager and then it was brought up again in a whatsapp message between tyler roberts and Jonathan Lecco, because they kn- know each other from West Brom. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, statement from Kiko to Tyler Roberts was, I didn't say that. I said, what's your fucking name, basically? That's what Kiko said he said at that time. And then later on, he 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 kind of changed that line, which, and then his new statement was, I never heard that word before and I didn't know that it was a a bad word to say or whatever. So I think they're the two kind of inconsistencies. And he also said the first time I heard that word was a month after the incident. Which is and that's, unbelievable to me. That's Yeah, absolute yeah, nonsense. That's clearly not correct because at the very least, even if you can believe that he hadn't heard that word before the game, um, which I think is is hard to believe, but okay, maybe. Um, that They talked about it. They talked about the accusation of what was said immediately after the game and with the team manager and on the coach and in the subsequent meetings that he had with, um, with, the, with the team manager. Yeah. In the in the coming days, so I think, during all of that, they've managed to not say what was actually said. He's never, still never heard the word at any of this point. It's right, unreal. exactly, unreal. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's that is why. Um, so if you if you're listening to this and you don't know why uh, people are angry about it or uh, are having such an issue with it and bring it up over and over again, um, because there are comments that say. Oh, if the players are fine with it and Bielsa's fine with it, then they should. Then Kiko's fine. These are the reasons why people have an issue with it. 
I think the the biggest one for me is whenever I mention it uh, on social media or anything like that, I will get quite a backlash. Um, but the question that I've not had satisfactorily answered by anybody who, who is on the other side from me is if a player from another club uh, was alleged to have said the same thing to one of our players, uh, it was, um, you know, it could be Tyler Roberts, could be Calvin Phillips. Would you support the alleged opposite player in the same way that you support Kiko? And if the answer, if the answer is no, well, that shows that there is a bias in there and a, a tribalism that you should not have in these sort of cases. If the answer is the opposite, well, why? Uh, it, yeah. Why is why is it different between two? And why would you dismiss? If you would trust Calvin's word and Tyler's word over Jonathan Lecco's word, why? Is it because of the badge that they wear on the shirt? And if so, you need to remove that from anything. It just It's human beings at the end of the day. It doesn't matter which club they play for. You need to understand that. And the whole, just to, the, the last statement that I'll say on the balance of probabilities, that's the standard of proof. And it was the FA were satisfied that it was above the standard for that standard of proof as well. So it wasn't like it was 51% probable that it happened. It was above that standard. So just to remove anything like that, I think a lot of people do could do well to read that again. Yeah. I think less culturally important than all of that, he's just a bad goalkeeper. Why? Just get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> I know people might not want to take him on because of his wages or whatever, but Elia Capria is there. Look, Mirzak's still around, isn't he? There's... there's goalies that could have played instead of him last night you don't need to bring this on the club every time he's anywhere near the first team he gets brought up that's what all Twitter was talking about last night is why Kassir is playing and why he's captain yeah. just don't put yourselves in that situation what I would say is that um, he doesn't have to say sorry if you haven't done anything wrong if he really didn't say what he was alleged to say he doesn't have to say sorry but what he should have done and what he should do is come out with a big statement Condemning racism, and um, yeah. and 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 supporting su- supporting any any anti anti racism and the, the people involved, and and I think if he did that, if he, all he did was do that, and that's so easy to do, um, he would have put the matter to bed, and there wouldn't be any debate at all. Yeah. Now, if there if the the Bielsa has said that the the, the, the team his teammates and Bielsa are satisfied with with him. And that's fair enough because we don't know him. We don't work with him day in, day out. But but we are we have a vested interest in this club. And if there is something that has satisfied them, then we we want to know about it. We should know about it, especially yeah. if he's gonna be our captain and walk in the same footsteps as you know, Lucas Radaby and all of these fantastic captains of the past, Billy Bremner, who um, used to go around um, smashing anyone who gave Albert Johansson uh, any any stick or any any racist remarks. You know, so this is the legacy that this club is is built on: is like stamping out racism, like like the like the fanzines did in the eighties. And Billy Bremner stamping it out around the pitch when it happened. Literally. And and I don't get the impression, I haven't got the impression that he has done that. 
you know. Yeah. So all that publicly. we've got to go on as fans. You might have done it privately, but we don't judgment. know about that. So we've got to look at the judgment and read that. And any right-minded person, in my opinion, maybe I'm biased and I'm a, what was it? A damp-eyed idiot or something like that. I got told last night. Um, but yeah, if, no person can read that and think that the club come out smelling the roses. Um, it seems that we were it, we acted like it was a cover up, and it was uh, to best serve the club and to serve Kiko, rather than to serve the allegations of um, Jonathan Lecco, and to give it the the honesty and integrity that it deserved. So, if we just go on that, I think that's why I'm of the opinion that I am. Like you've said, I think that we're missing a part of this puzzle because the club seem to have forgiven him quite readily but we're not let into what's given them the reason to forgive him so much. Yeah. Is it because their standards are lower than ours? I doubt that. I really doubt that because Bielsa is a man of integrity. So let us in on it. Let us know what we're missing and I'll be happy to eat my words. Yeah. Yeah. I hoped it would be covered in the, in the documentary, but uh, sadly it wasn't. Um, In the press conference today, Bielsa asked if the press had an idea of what percentage of fans didn't want Kiko captain. And when I, as soon as I heard that, I tweeted out from, from our account, should Kiko have captained LUFC last night? And we've had 861 votes at the time of recording and 75% of people said, voted no, uh, that, that Kiko shouldn't have captained the team last night. So that is the percentage and I think that's that's damning that's damning enough, isn't it? That I mean, that shows you what what the fans think about it and how little information has come from him to to quash what happened and to get his, his reputation back. I think just just in final thoughts for me, like Jerry Springer, I think he's everybody's worth a second chance and everybody deserves a redemption story. I don't think that it's possible for Kiko to have that redemption story at Leeds United. I think he could quite happily go somewhere else. He could quite happily, um, you know, do some something in the community that would show that he's a man of integrity and he doesn't hold these views and uh, that, you know, just something. Uh, and then he could have that redemption story elsewhere. I don't think it's possible for him to have at this club. And I would be really happy if he did have that redemption story. Um, I, I don't know the guy, um, but I think it's a blot on our landscape right now. Ross? Final thoughts on Kiko? Sell him. Release him. Get him out of the club. <laughs> okay, and, and just for me, I think, yeah, just um, release that information. Like, just release it to us. Why why Bielsa and the team um, have uh, support him, supported him and, and um, voted that he should be captain? Just let us know. Yeah. Okay, that was the most serious topic I hope we'll ever have to cover on uh, the Roaring Peacock because we are not made for topics like that. Seriously, <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're too average for this. <laughs> it's nothing I can make a joke about. I'll do a really bad accent about. So no. I'm a happy idiot. Okay, do we have any hot takes or uh, more salt, please? Well, I've been searching through Facebook for hot takes up. and really bad opinions and stuff, but the, the Leeds United Facebook page is uh, almost relatively normal. I mean, the spelling is still absolutely atrocious. 
Facebook um, is Facebook Leeds United is relatively normal. There was one post imagine. that said, "How many MRTs can I get from my dad who's punched a nonce in prison?" It's not normal. It's well, not I mean, it's normal. relatively normal for Leeds. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the main post I've seen on there this week is a girl who's just got a new lead shirt, and some of the comments that people have posted on there are not fit for public consumption. It's just some hideous comments in there, but yeah, like. They all seem relatively calm about the new season, which is a bit worrying. Like, where have all these people gone? Where have all the lunatics gone? Yeah, disappointing for people who need content for a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely disappointing. Um, yeah, we might have to get, uh, we might have to artificially engineer some hot takes. <laughs> We've got our ways. Because I think that performance against Liverpool has just um, softened us all up. So we've got these two little segments that we're going to hopefully try out. But so one is called Hot Take of the Week, where we get um, we try and find a interesting, let's say, opinion or a unique opinion from the wonderful LUFC fan base, whether that be on on Facebook or Twitter, that might um, ruffle some peacock feathers and. Uh, a little segment called "More Salt, Please," which is where we will we will try and find some uh, some salty opposition fans and uh, uh, with with a particularly good comment to make. So it's been especially difficult this week to find any more salt, please, because all I read from Liverpool fans was praise for Leeds United Football Club and Marcelo Bielsa and the greatest uh, team in the world, and all I found from Fulham was them basically shitting themselves that we're going to absolutely dick them on the weekend. Yeah, well, we beat them quite comfortably in the Championship. and We've only got better since then, as proved by against Liverpool. So, yeah, they're, right, they're rightly terrified. They've, um, they have looked absolutely awful against Arsenal. So, a, a decent bet on Fulham to win would yeah. be, it'd be good yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think from a hot take of the week thing, rather than a hot take, it's just a whole account. There's a whole account on Twitter that is dedicated to fact-checking Phil Hay because he thinks that he's <laughs> undermining the club and that he's, he's, he's got an agenda. I won't give his at because you can find it. Yeah. But yeah, there's some very disturbed people about. Uh, yeah, we don't want to we don't want to induce a a social media pile on. So if you if you do come across these accounts Try and limit your abuse of them, please, and certainly don't blame us. Just tag Andrea <laughs> Radrizani in it as well. <laughs> Andrea sent me. <laughs> there was an account that used to, it was seemed basically set up to say that Rads had short hands and couldn't couldn't find his pockets, basically, and um, wouldn't wouldn't pay put any money into the club. And that was one interesting thing that I found from the documentary that that Angus was basically saying that every month he has to ask uh, Andrea for money um, to keep the club going. And every month Andrea sends him a check for one and a half million pounds. Oh, short change that. And I, 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 I'm really wondering what's going through uh, that fella's head who made that account. Yeah, because it's a massive loss leader. Having a, a, a football club, it just loses money. It doesn't make money at all. So... I think we're running the right way now. And I think something that I saw in the documentary, which made me think, oh, yeah, these guys are in for the long haul, is that, and this might sound really, um, really 
soppy and probably not based in anything, but Victor Arta and Andrea Radrazani have got their monograms on the seats. So their actual seats have got their names on, which is their initials. And it just makes you think, yeah, they're, they're not here. They're not a GFH that's just going to lump us to the next bidder, the next Chilino that won't bother to to read the accounts. So they, you know, they are actually here to, to own a football club. So maybe I've read too much into two letters on a chair. Those two, especially Victor and Angus, I think are here for the long haul. If we get sold to 49ers or QSI, maybe that changes. But I think they they see a vision and they want to see that through. So looking ahead then to the next week, and we play Fulham on Saturday. And Scott Parker, can any of you guys do a uh, <laughs> Cockney accent? Scotty Parker. The streets. What is it? It's like apple... Apples and pears. Yeah. Apples and pears in it. Oh, we're in my blardigan. <laughs> we're going to lose, but we'll do it a good go. We'll be positive we'll about go losing. We're looking to win the game. <laughs> Leeds, are, Leeds are three to five to win. I watched large parts of Leeds last year and, and we, <laughs> we played against them twice. It's going into f- fucking Australian. This is <laughs> yeah. really bad. Good day, mate. <laughs> I'm just hoping that the uh, Michael Jackson statue plays at centre-back. <laughs> makes a comeback. I think he's called Tim Ream, and he does play centre-back. Yeah. <laughs> Nitty my words when he scores from a corner against us, aren't I? Uh, so, yeah. Rise at the back post. Yeah. Um, but I think from injuries-wise, I think Coop's back, which is good. It'd be interesting to see which centre-back pairing he goes with, whether it's going to be Straukhan and Cooper, or is it going to be Cock and Cooper? Cock and Cooper sounds like a... Like a, a, a pub eighties detectives like <laughs> TV, doesn't it? With his hands cock and this one's Cooper, and together they are Cock and Cooper, <laughs> fighting crime, stopping balls. I saw that Forshaw was back in training today, which I don't believe until I actually see it video evidence of. Yeah, it's, I feel sorry for that guy because I think yeah. he'd be really valuable to us as well. Yeah, I think he'd be a really good player for us. Because he's played in the Prem as well. It's not like he's... he's a he had a very good start player. to the season, didn't he, last year? So any, anyway, just a, a quick quickly, Scott Parker, he said, uh, I watched large parts of Leeds last year and we played against them twice. They're a physical, well-drilled team. I won't be surprised when they continue to do that for the rest of the year. Is it a concern? No, because I already know the <laughs> challenge and it's a challenge we're relishing. We'll go, we'll go looking to win the game. Oh, good on you, so Scott. It's, it's kind of like saying to a guy, it's like, so are you concerned about climbing Everest? Yep, we know Everest. It's a big mountain. You know, a lot of people <laughs> have died. Most of the signposts are actually based on the color of dead people's boots. And we might not survive this. Are you concerned? No, not at all. We're absolutely yeah, we'll, fine. we'll attack that mountain without our coats on and we'll be fine. <laughs> I'm just going to wear one blood again. you're calling us Everest now. <laughs> we are for Fulham. This is... Um... This is the type of shit that'll get us into trouble, I'm oh, telling yeah. you. Yeah, definitely. Please, please be <laughs> nice in the edit, please. <laughs> Describing our team as uh, the the Mount Everest of of challenges. <laughs> when we lose, when we fucking lose four four one yeah. on Saturday, I'll be generous. I'll give us a goal four one on Saturday, and then they'll be bringing it bringing it up, won't they? If we just got Mark and call us call us physical with fucking Mitrovic up front. Yeah. Smashing elbows into centre backs. Yeah, that's why Ben White left. It's the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> Can bear anymore. Yeah, I'm going to go hide behind Dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about DePaul. So DePaul responded to the square ball. So they tweeted out every. They're tweeting out every day. If you don't know about them, uh, if you're the 
two or three people that are listening to us who don't know about the square ball. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so they're tweeting to Rodrigo de Paul every day um, saying hello and when are you coming to LUFC? And he did respond with a fingers crossed and um, hopefully soon or whatever. And then he got put in the naughty corner by his PR team and his account was deactivated. Yeah. <laughs> so... Thoughts on Rodrigo de Paul? I don't think we had any sort of... I'm glad we didn't have Twitter when we were trying to sign Scaravi because <laughs> that would have just got really weird. Um, but yeah, it, it seems to be the situation is that we've agreed terms with the player, but we're somewhere short of the fee uh, with Udinese. And then yeah. we need to either pull the trigger or not. So I think we need to because he looks like a really good player. Um, he's got a tattoo of a dog on his leg, which is enough for me to buy him. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really weird that this is being played out on Twitter, especially if it doesn't happen now, because that's just going to be a saga that yeah. we refer to. Um, yeah, just get it done. I've seen his stats up against, like compared with um, Kevin De Bruyne, and um, I'm happy. <laughs> Looks good. We'll take him. Yes. Spend the money. Works for me. Yep. Do it. Let's sign a £40 million player. Let's do it. Yes. And of course, he's going to get injured uh, on the way over. <laughs> on the way, like shortly, he'll sign. He'll sign, and then just as he's signed, on the last sort of flourish, he'll kind of break his wrist and no, he'll develop deep vein thrombosis on the flight over. <laughs> yeah, play his first game looking like Thomas Brolin for him. the Gypsy Leeds curse strikes again. Yeah, it doesn't go. It didn't go very well. That he was like the first big Brolin was the first big signing. Was I guess very we big. got from Italy. I don't remember another one. Do it. I'm not sure you can call Bellucci. Uh... Hey, don't bad mouth the warrior. All right, come on. <laughs> that was the Roaring Peacock main cast for Friday, the 18th of September. The weeks that the week began with Liverpool leads four three, and DePaul fingers crossed deactivated on Monday. By Wednesday, we were captaining Kiko in the Carabao Cup and losing on penalties to Hull and Saiz scored against Barcelona. The next day, the documentary dropped, and that was your boring week <laughs> with LUFC. Up ahead for the Roaring Peacock, we've got an interview with uh, Sammy from the award-winning Fulhamish podcast to match preview the Fulham game on Saturday, and of course, our match review, which will probably be out either very late on Saturday night or Sunday lunchtime when I wake up. Yeah. So it's a goodbye from uh, Ross. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from Alex. Laters. And I'm not saying goodbye. You're stuck with me forever. <laughs> <laughs> if you're proudly average, you can also follow us on uh, at Peacock's Raw on Twitter or The Roaring Peacock on Facebook. Um, we've just got a bunch of numbers on YouTube because we're not uh, we're not famous anymore. <laughs> we never were, and we're not going to be. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Roaring Peacocks. Enjoy the rest of your day. Most of our stats come from LUFC Stats or LUFC Data on Twitter. You should probably give them a follow as they're more interesting than us. A very special thanks to Adam Elliott, Adam Warner, Barney Stewart, Cookie Ed McIntyre, Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, 
Leon, Nige and Rob, the Lightshow and all our family and friends. <laughs>